African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us once again on African Dialogue. It's 1100 hours Central African time. Thank you for joining us on our DSTV audio bouquet channel. Uh, that's channel 802. And if you're listening to us on our website internationally and on the continent, uh, thank you for joining us on www.channelafrica.co.za. Well, today, as we contextualize the big issues of the African continent, we have no option but to zoom in into the World Economic Forum for Africa, which is currently underway in Cape Town, South Africa, where yesterday a protest was held outside the city's convention center where the gathering is being held. And there were protests around issues of, uh, uh, you know, abuse of a woman that we've seen rape in Cape Town and a young girl who was raped and killed there. So there was a lot of uh, talk around that and it seemed their attention moved to the protests outside. Uh, But we're going to be speaking around how South Africa can actually contest with that because also we saw um, some countries not coming uh, to South Africa for this gathering uh, because of the xenophobic attacks that we've seen recently in the country. Uh, But uh, I wonder if this year's theme, Shaping Inclusive Growth and Shared Futures in the Fourth Industrial Revolution, will be able to be explored with all these uh, issues that are hampering uh, this year's gathering. But we'll look at that after our news update. And Musa is standing by. Well, thank you so much, Anne Musa, for that uh, news update. Uh, remember that uh, just around 11.45 Central African time, we'll get our business news. And thereafter, around 11.50, uh, we'll also get our sports update. It's eight minutes past 11 o'clock Central African time. You're still with us right here on African Dialogue. And we're starting off the topic of today where we're looking at uh, the issues taking place at the World Economic Forum for Africa. And we We know there's been tension around the Cape Town's International Convention Center. Uh, Well, two days ago, President Cyril Ramaphosa has told potential investors that South Africa is poised to be amongst top 50 best investment destinations in the world. He was addressing an interactive breakfast session, which is part of the buildup of the World Economic Forum, which started yesterday and ends on Friday, which is tomorrow. However, South Africa's hosting was muddied by the recent conflict of South Africans and foreign nationals. Yesterday, the World Economic Forum has confirmed that it has received communications from the governments of Rwanda and Malawi that their leaders will no longer be attending the World Economic Forum on Africa meeting in Cape Town. Well, the World Economic Forum spokesperson Oliver Kahn says the forum received the notices last week. He, however, could not uh, confirm if the withdrawals from uh, the World World Economic Forum have anything to do with the violence and the looting against mainly foreign nationals. But we know
know yesterday uh, that we saw uh, the president of Ghana coming out and making a statement and I saw in the background uh, standing in solidarity the president of Nigeria uh, condemning uh, these uh, xenophobic attacks in South Africa. Well, to assist us on this particular issue, to speak on issues of economy, I don't know that if we can speak about uh, uh, the issues that uh, actually uh, are conflict uh, to this particular gathering is Dr. Peter Karungu, who is a political economist at Wits University. Uh, Dr. Karungu, thank you for giving us your time. Thank you very much, and uh, I hope the listeners will have some understanding of the discussion. Well, let's look at uh, this issue whereby now we're seeing uh, uh, countries that are very central to the dialogue. I mean, when you look at a country like Rwanda, Dr. Karungu not attending the World Economic Forum, it actually is something to be worried about, especially because uh, this is an economic forum that is aiming to actually garner um, investment into uh, the African continent. And we know that Rwanda is uh, uh, an investment investment destination currently uh, looking at its advancements when it comes to ITC infrastructure and business investment and tourism as a whole. Uh, what are your thoughts, the fact that we're seeing some African countries not attending uh, this World Economic Forum for Africa? I think the statement is clear that uh, we cannot talk of interregional trade if we don't control some of the factors that negate, that minimizes, and that undercut the opportunities of investing across the continent. One of which I always say, it took, it takes our president days and days and the cabinet to be able to attract a hundred million US dollars or even runs, but it will take one incident or two of flashing on international media what we are watching in South Africa. In other words, you can crush all the money that you need by one single flash on international TV stations, the manner in which we are watching the rate of protests, the unnecessary death, burning, destruction of properties. And of course then, some of these leaders would say, listen, how do we come to a country when we don't know whether A, our people are safe, B, our opportunities are there, three, the destruction of properties notwithstanding. However, if you look at South Africa today, we just managed to turn around technical recession. We came back to a positive growth rate, and we thought it would work because our new president is committed to that. All of a sudden, we are watching literally a U-turn in what was so positive. If you look at the contribution from South Africa statistics, the leading contributor to the positive growth was accommodation and tourists. Ever since our new president took over, there is so much excitement. In other words, 3.9% of the country, 3.9% Mm. of the contribution came from the hotels and the accommodation. Mm. That is already gone. It has been turned to the negative. I don't want to be the prophet of doom. But of course, all that excitement is going to be taken away by not managing 
what I do know as an economist, creating permanent jobs will take each and everybody of us, including the tax drivers, including the truck drivers, including the layman in the village, to understand that anything negative flashed in social media is not helping neither themselves, mm. neither the head of state, neither you or I. It is only taking away and mm. taking those opportunities okay. elsewhere. Sure. All right. I want to bring in Ankinwale Ajomo, who is the CEO of the Diaspora Innovation Institute, joining us from the World Economic Forum. He's also invited there. But uh, there's a lot of issues that are miring this gathering. Akinwale, and as an African yourself, we know that there's been a lot of talk by uh, um, the principals, uh, which are presidents attending this World Economic Forum around the xenophobic attacks. And yesterday we saw uh, protests outside uh, uh, the uh, convention center in Cape Town. What has been the atmosphere for delegates being and what are the conversations being like? Because I heard that this morning also there's going to be a forum that has been changed and issues around uh, gender-based violence are going to be explored in this uh, forum. What are your thoughts about what's happening right now in this gathering at Kinwale? Yes, unfortunately, too, I had a last-minute cancellation, so I'm not presently at the event. However, I think I've been following that to see that uh, the issues, uh, especially on the attack on the uh, African nationals, uh, actually talk about. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it's coming out at the wrong time, and it's going to be to cover the inclusiveness, which is the job creation efforts by the different African countries to be able to actually look at the solutions towards uh, you know, uh, delivering jobs for the young people. So uh, if we have to do the genesis, trace back, why this violence? Why this uh, uh, right now? We, I think uh, if young people are un unemployed, if people are not engaged, you realize that you will be able to have more time to do things that are limited. So mm. I think, of course, the principles like said of different institutions. Unfortunately, we have presence of uh, some countries who have called this off to be able to actually, uh, you know, uh, showcase their own interests. Mm. However, unfortunately, I'm an advocate of, uh, you know, uh, negative and uh, negative or uh, two wrongs cannot make it right mm. because again we still need to actually uh sit down together exchange ideas on how the young people the young african people are going to be employed mm. even across the nation yeah. to me it's not only south africa it's not it's, it's not only in nigeria it's not other african countries the challenges are across the board mm. so to me i think it's critical to have the the different principles the, the different leaders to come together and share what has been working and mm. come together and find a solution on what things can work, especially in job creation. Kinwale, just be, sorry to cut you off there, but what also was I wanted to, you to touch on was what Dr. Karungu was saying, that this, um, what we're seeing in South Africa, also compromises the intra-trade uh, intra ambitions that Africa even has, also presenting investment from a collective front uh, as a continent. And uh, we're seeing this xenophobic environment actually hampering uh, 
that particular um you know, assertion that could be made uh, by uh, African countries. What are your thoughts on his sentiments on that? Yeah, I think, uh, like you said, uh, different viewpoints at different times. However, the the common denomination to me is we have a lot of young Africans. You have young people in different African countries who are not employed, who are not engaged. So the conversation now is how do we create jobs Across the board. Let me give you a very simple example. In July, I was in South Africa to send an MOU, an agreement, with a, with a partner to create one million jobs in the next 10 years. Unfortunately, I have to be there this, this, uh, this time around to be able to consummate that. But if people, the participants I've been able to talk to, they are saying, we cannot go to South Africa. We cannot go because they are killing other nationals. So it's a negative image. The negative image messes up some of the key economic progress we've made. To me, this is not progress. This is disregression. This is going back because it's very barbaric. So the bottom line is the different African leaders need to come together. This is not about this ego of each uh, leader right now. But of course, they can really make their points. The most critical part, mm. they need to talk together and say, this is the way forward to create and sure. engage our young people. All right. Let me take a quick break. I'm going to come back to Dr. Peter Karungu, political economist at Wits University. We also have Akinwale Ajomo, who is the CEO of the Diaspora Innovation Institute, also a previous panelist uh, or participant at the World Economic Forum. And uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back after this. Across the globe, every second, there's always a breaking story. What we want to achieve is a healthy and vibrant economy, which can ensure full employment to our people. The government concurs with the views of the Black Economic Empowerment Council report that it is now necessary to make our policies on Black Economic Empowerment more explicit. Last May, I asked constituencies at NetLeg to discuss youth employment incentives. I'm pleased that discussions have been concluded and that agreement has been reached on key principles. We are on an ambitious drive to industrialize, to attract investment, and to create more jobs for the youth of our country. They don't have jobs. I tried looking for a job for a year and a half now. The challenges were periods and the, the level of education which I have. Channel Africa. Yeah, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa. Remember, our uh, platforms are on uh, DSTV Channel 802 on the audio bouquet. And if you're streaming us online, we're on www.channelafrica.co.za. We're speaking to Akinwale Ojomo, CEO of the Diaspora Innovation Institute. Also, we're joined by uh, Dr. Peter Karungu, who's a political analyst at Wits University. Ian Krushanks now joins us, the chief economist at the South African Institute of Race Relations. Let's bring him into the discussions before we go back to Dr. Karungu and Akinwala Ajomo. Ian, thank you for giving us your time. We've been speaking about the distractions around the World Economic Forum. Your thoughts around that? 
Sorry, can you just repeat that question for I was me, asking please? that we've been speaking around the distractions around the World Economic Forum. What are your thoughts around the issues of xenophobic attacks that have been addressed by uh, um, the pr- uh, president of Ghana okay. yesterday? And also we saw a big protest outside the convention center in Cape Town around issues of uh, gender um, and violence. What are your thoughts on this? Well, clearly, we are doing the exact opposite to what we want to do. What do we want to achieve in, in this, in this uh, meeting of the WEF? What we want and to look for is to stress the importance of South Africa uh, presenting a, uh, an attractive investment destination, a good place and a safe place, a safe environment to invest capital with safety and assured of, of, uh, of satisfactory returns. We want to present a business operational area where we know that electricity uh, is, is charged at a cost-effective uh, rate and that we have a reliable supply. We don't have either of those two factors. And we want to say to them, we want them to, to stress to us that we have to provide a, a labor unit uh, that, that understands the, the connection between productivity and reward. We want those at the WEF, the international delegates, to say, this is what you have to do. If you don't do it, you don't get our capital. What are we short of most of all? Capital, our resources of capital, mm. are strictly limited. So, so this is what we want to hear most of all, and we want to hear South Africa's intention to do something about ensuring this with the social strife that we've got going on in Cape Town and other areas now. We're not doing that. We're doing the opposite. But can challenge. we get that message across? Do you think that uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa is the man to actually calm the situation down and actually um, deal with these issues that we need to have addressed when it has to do with the e- economy? And is he the man to do that? A lot of people has, have been saying that they felt his absence in the recent weeks. Yes. You know, there, there is some uh, debate over this. Uh, should we get... Uh, uh, Mr. Ramaphosa to speak to them, should it be uh, the, the finance minister, Tito Mbweni, whoever. It's about time that we spoke with one voice, offered one consolidated view. I'm afraid what we're doing is showing a disparity of, of uh, outlooks, and that's not helping our position at the moment. But yes, I would say that Mr. Ramaphosa could do it if he comes through in a positive, strong uh, determined way, and if we can show the delegates, the international delegates, that, that that this is our intention, and we're going to see to it. Quite frankly, I thought Mr. Mbweni gave him a good backup in his strategic plan last week. Mm. Dr. Peter Karungu, can he actually turn things around right now? I mean, we have only a few hours left of this particular gathering. Do you see things turning around, or do you think this uh, resemblance of the social strife in South Africa is important so we really get done with dealing with issues, not from a superficial level, but we also uh, deal with things comprehensively and understanding the context on the ground and the real issues that are actually creating all these strife? Uh, Akinwale was speaking around the real issues of unemployment in the country, the fact that we're seeing young people also who are part of a big pool of that unemployment number. I think, first of all, let me do a quick correction. I'm an economist. I teach economics and I'm an economic consultant. Mm, sure. And I'm also a businessman. Mm. First and foremost, I think it's not a question of who can do it, who should do it, when will it be done. Mm. It's, it's paramount. It must be done. The country is literally watching its own destruction. 
opportunities of investment are global. South Africa is a beneficiary of interregional trade across the continent than any other country. Any country in Africa dealing with South Africa has a deficit, South Africa has a surplus. Because South Africa is the most industrial base in South Africa, especially in Sub-Saharan Africa, actually across the continent. In other words, any statistics you look, South Africa benefits tremendously by what we call interregional trade. I package that. The second point is, what would it take to make people turn around that which was positive to negative? Like I said, it is a flash on TV worldwide, and that's what people are watching. Since yesterday, I have received call from the U.S. Everybody is calling, are you safe, are you safe? I say we are very safe. Of course, you try to minimize the situation. Mm. But let me repeat. It is the honorable politicians to wake up to understand. Either you want to destroy the opportunity South Africa sits on, or you wake up to say, together we can stop it and manage it. I must say something that people don't believe is true, but I believe it's true. If the security structure in South Africa and the police force were meant to play the game fairly and square, we can root out all the corrupted system within and around it. In other words, I'm saying, if you look at it, yes, there are an element of these illegal migrants who are doing bad things, who are committing crime, you name it. But you have to deal with them specifically then and then rather than to wait until there is this violence that is breaking from every corner because the police did not do the right thing at the right time when it was necessary to do it. We need to go back to tell our politicians. It's one thing to sit in the cabinet. It's one thing to sit in the boardrooms. It's another thing to understand that the system that drives the cycle, the, 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 the wheel of job mm, creation, mm, mm. the wheel of investment, so. the wheel of education, the wheel of skills is based on the perception, number one, mm. is built on the masses on the ground, and is built on goodwill of the world. Because we are literally interconnected at a supersonic level. Mm. The third point to note is the following. If you look at even the FDI flowing into the African continent, mm. it is not that much. By doing the wrong thing, we give the prospective investors the reason not to do it. We demoralize the people. Mm. We demoralize academics. We demoralize the children in our country. Our country's children are watching pictures they should not watch. Mm. And once you don't control that, it's a question of how you think short, medium, and long term. Mm. With respect to all politicians, we need to move from short term gains to long term gains. In other words, mm. what we do today will judge us 10 years. In economics, we talk what are your short term objectives to mm. carry you to the medium term and to sure. carry you to the long term. Okay. We need to think that way. I want to bring in Ankinwale. What are your thoughts? I mean, you know, I know that you think from things from a regional perspective, Akinwale, um, because that's what you do looking at diaspora economics. Um, you know, we were supposed to actually put a package in front of the world's platform and say, hey, we come with a larger um, 
investment pool as Africa. We don't just come isolated as countries. And so I want to go back to this point when you see countries such as the DRC, Malawi and Rwanda not being part of that particular package. It's going to be a concern uh, for investor in terms of looking at the investment from a continental and a regional uh, viewpoint, isn't it, Akinwale? Yes, I think, uh, again, it is hard to turn this around even before the end of this event tomorrow. I mean, to me, a brilliant idea would be the President of South Africa calling out this president and saying, hey, guys, I want you to be back in Cape Town for tomorrow. You know, we need to come together at this crucial time as one entity so that the world can see, wow. I mean, we all have, have different issues in different countries. And um, then by tomorrow, the president of Nigeria, the delegation from Nigeria, from DRC, from, from uh, uh, Rwanda, are able to come back to uh, Cape Town tomorrow and say, we are in this together. And we're going to have a commitment to show that we have to do something for job creation for our young people. I think the world will see us in a different way, because right now, if I'm an investor from the United States, from the UK, and have my president missing what the country I'm supposed to invest in, that's going to give me a lot of concern. Mm. So this can still be turned around in 24 hours. So the president, the only the president, to call, make a call, quick call to some of these presidents, say, say, listen, we're going to make a commitment to do this together. And say, our nationals, our people are going to be safe in your own country. Because the reaction in Nigeria, in Malawi, is, 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 is barbaric. Because I'm not saying that this is the right thing to do, but I think it's a matter of the leadership at this time. We need to stand up and be together at this crucial time. We can't just push it like in South Africa alone, or in Nigeria alone, or in uh, Rwanda alone. This has to be a collective responsibility to be able to solve this problem. Our youth in the next 25 years is going to be the, 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 the biggest, the most populated in Africa and in the world. So we can't be sitting down there and be arguing and having this destruction, which is a big distraction for this World Economic Forum. It's a big event for people to come together, identify opportunities in Africa, and put their capital in there. They're here now, we're having people to, 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 uh, to be outside and talking about those distractions. We have spent more time not talking about investment and capital, and we're talking about xenophobia. It's very unfortunate. So, Mr. President of South Africa, call all your colleagues. Let them come back together. Tomorrow, take a picture together and make a commitment. This can't be done and that this is possible. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be back. I'd like us to look at also the theme uh, when we come back uh, for this year, which is uh, titled Shaping Inclusive Growth and Shared Futures in the Fourth Industrial uh, Revolution. How important is that particular theme, especially the fact that the idea of inclusive growth has been um, collated with the idea of the Fourth Industrial Revolution. It's almost 33 minutes past 11 o'clock Central African time. You me, Benjamin Mushatama, and with me I have Dr. Peter Karungu, political economist at Wits University. Ian Krushanks is with us, chief economist at the South African Institute of Race Relations. We also have Akinwala Ajomo, CEO of the Diaspora Innovation Institute. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back after this. Welcome to Change Your Game here on Channel Africa, the African Perspective. We're coming to you from Johannesburg in South Africa. My name is Asanda Peta. 
what uh, GDF Forum is about and what an opportunity it provides specifically for the audience of Change Your Game. At Change Your Game, we believe entrepreneurs are the key drivers of tomorrow's African innovations and essential to creating a thriving African economy. More support, just like invest more in young creatives and entrepreneurship, but actually do it, don't just talk about it, actually do it, you know, because there are a lot of creative minds, there are a lot of intelligent human beings in our country, so I think they should invest more in that and take it seriously, because it's a real thing. Catch us every Friday at 900 hours Central African time with Channel Africa, the African Perspective. When I think back to my childhood, geographically, it reminds me of a time where I was black and only black and only struggling, but at the same time, always reaching for something more, something bigger in a South Africa that was hostile. Hello, Africa. This is 1000 African Voices, and I'm your host, Avurengui. Join me on Channel Africa every Thursday morning between 8 and 9 and on Saturday and Sunday morning between 9 and 10. Rise, Africa, rise. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Yes, you are listening to Channel Africa, one of the few platforms where Africans speak on their own behalf. Thank you for joining us, Channel Africa, the external so- uh, service of South Africa into Sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, thank you for joining us on www.channelafrica.co.za. And if you're listening to us uh, on our DSTV bouquet, we're on Channel 802. Well, let's uh, wrap up this uh, conversation with the, our guests, Ian. Let's come to you in terms of uh, this uh, theme for this year. It's interesting that it seems like the two ideas have been collated together. One economic, one looking at the environment in which uh, the world operates in now in terms of business. Uh, This is the theme shaping inclusive growth and shared futures in the fourth industrial revolution. Uh, How can we as South Africa or even as the continent uh, get to grips with the fourth industrial uh, revolution? Well, we're also struggling with making sure that our economies are functioning uh, at optimal level when it comes to the economies. I think we have to have some attitudinal changes. You know, here we keep on asking, what can you, the WEF delegates, do for us instead of what can we do for you? We have to regard these providers of capital very often as the enemy. Nonsense. They must be our potential partners. We must go together with our abilities. A lot of Africans have very numerous, dexterous abilities, and we should try to develop those instead of saying, you know, we want them to join in the fourth industrial revolution. We've got to really upgrade our our educational standards, our places of education. We've got to start uh, concentrating on, on doing what the basics of mathematics and science that we need. And we have to assure these, these uh, capitalists of the world, of, of the delegates at the WF, that we are going to do this. And this is what Mr. Ramaphosa must do. He must really say to them, we're going to offer you properly educated people and please come and help design the courses that we need to do to provide this service. It must be have an attitude of not what you can do for us, what can we as South Africa do for you to develop the resources in a, in a mutually beneficial point of view. I don't think that we've been concentrating enough on partnerships instead of on looking for yet another hand up 
and, and, and not concentrating on how we can push ourselves into gear. Well, Dr. Karungu, what are your thoughts on, on this theme and how Africa needs to also catch up with uh, the environment that uh, the world finds itself in, in the world of robotics, in a world where machinery is becoming uh, central? I think it's inevitable to agree that this is a change that we have to accommodate. To do that, what do we need? We need to agree that we have the highest proportion of youth worldwide. Youth are excited about IT. Youth are the people in all aspects who are keen to see and embrace change. We, the older generation, are even afraid to tackle computers. Yet, we are the leader. So what do we do? We need to open the doors. We need to accept. We need to give the youth the chance to drive it. The children of these days hardly use textbooks. They are using laptops. They can do much with their IT skills than I've ever seen. Are they able to get the jobs? Not yet. Because we who are seated in the boardroom cannot even match with their knowledge. We are afraid of change. The youth are crying to drive the industrial revolution. To me, that's the metric that the government needs to say and do it and accept and say, we've been asking the youth to be productive. They are more productive now than ever. I've taught at best for the last 20-something years. And I can guarantee you when we walk in there, there was no computer. Today, no child there who is not looking to use this mm. IT. Mm. Are we given the tools to do it? We are not. Mm. Are we give them what is necessary to compete with the world's children? Mm. No, we are not. Mm. A, because we are not ready or willing to accept the change that is inevitable will mm. not be driven by us. It will be driven by the youth. Mm. That's number one. The second point, what does it take to invest in it? Literally very little. Because you can literally run businesses on your mobile phone. These kids need to be given the advantage to do that. Mm. They need to be interconnected. I read about something, and this is important. When we were doing what we call the cable network, mm. the one that was supposed to run across the, 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 sea, the ocean side of Africa, South Africa was driving it. But South Africa took too long, and by the time they did not accommodate other members, the mm. other members went, and they did it in less the shortest time possible. Mm. That's why Kenya and Eastern Africa is leading in the fast space of Internet. Mm. And those are things we need to look at. Why is South Africa lagging so much behind in IT as compared to the rest of African countries? And we need also to always say, at the meeting where we are, good or bad, is to help us to project to move forward. Sure. But trust me, sure. we okay. need to get our youth more involved. They need to drive us, mm. and they need to be given the platform to change the continent. All right. Let me, let me come to you, Akinwale. What are your thoughts here? We're speaking about digitization of economies. We're speaking about uh, uh, the era of robotics in the workplace. Africa still has to catch up. And that's what the World Economic Forum Africa is grappling with amidst all these other distractions. Uh, let me give you the final sentiment as we're about to wrap up the show. 
Sorry, can you say that question again? There was background uh, noise. I was just asking in terms of the theme of this year, which is looking at the issue of the fourth industrial revolution and uh, also starting with the prefix of saying shaping inclusive growth and shared futures. What are your thoughts around that particular theme? Because it's one of the biggest challenges uh, for Africa when we talk about 4IR, isn't it? Yes, I think it's a great opportunity for the African continent because each country over the past couple of years have a great opportunity uh, in terms of the innovations uh, that have really come up. You know, like about uh, East Africa and Kenya, for instance, uh, in Rwanda, even West Africa and Nigeria and Ghana. So uh, to me, I think it's about having a uh, regional block solution to some of these challenges. So that way, uh, each block, each region will say, this is what is working for me in West Africa, or this is what, what's working for me in East Africa, and we can learn from each other. So, so to me, I think the industrial revolution, the fourth one, is actually is, is a good opportunity for, for, for Africa at this time, and we need to learn from each other and have a mm. mutual or joint infrastructure okay. that we can both benefit we have to leave it there, but I have. To, I want to just cross over uh, to um, the ICC in Cape Town, where um, Sir Ramaphosa, the president of South Africa, is addressing the crowds outside. Um, let's listen to what he has to say. But I just want to thank our guests, Dr. Karungu, Ian Krushengs, and Kinwala Ajomo for joining us. Thank you all for joining us. But let's wrap it up with listening to what the president has to say outside the ICC before our business news. <laughs> about much more that we are intending to do. You have made calls. You have also made calls that we should declare a state of emergency. Yes, I will be addressing precisely that issue as well because I agree completely that the killing of women must be brought to an end here in South Africa and we want the men of our country to take responsibility for the slaughtering of the women of our nation. And we want the men of our country to stop raping the women of our country and killing them. So all this we will be addressing and we are going to take a firm stand. We are essentially going to draw a line in the sand and make sure that as a nation... That's uh, the president of South Africa, Cyril Ramaphosa, outside the uh, Cape Town uh, International Convention Center. They're trying to reassure the crowds there around the issue of uh, gender violence in South Africa. Then you could hear the crowd in the background also demanding for their own voice uh, to be heard there in the background. It seems like the two are contending that is uh, the president and the crowd uh, for uh, some moments.
moment to speak. But I'm sure we'll get more updates uh, from our uh, later programming here on Channel Africa. But we wanted to give you an idea uh, since that's what uh, this morning we've been speaking about uh, uh, in terms of the World Economic Forum. African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the rights to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, that's how we wrap up African Dialogue for today. We'll be back tomorrow. Ayanam Kwanazi will be with you uh, to give you Friday's edition of Africa Dialogue. Well, from me, Benjamin Mushatam, until Monday, uh, God bless you.